Hi, welcome to Habits and Hope and another daily Bible reading. Um, we are now in Jude. <laughs> this is going to be really brief because it is really just, that's it. It's just the book of Jude. There's no other chapters or anything else to deal with. But the, um, Jude is um, quote unquote brother of James. Um, it's unlikely he would be referring to the son of Zebedee, who was martyred at an earlier at an early date, um, likely he's referencing a well-known leader of the Jerusalem Church. It says, yet though Jude was also Jesus's brother, um, he humbly calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ instead. Um, it says the first readers of Jude's letter were probably Jewish Christians because of his several references to Jewish history. He identifies as those who are called loved by God, the father and kept for Jesus Christ, which could be a general designation referring to believers anywhere. But in verse three, he also calls them dear friends and goes on to address a specific situation. So he's likely talking to a very specific group. That was a little bit of ad-libbing there. But in general, I am, again, reading from the Christian Standard Bible this time. The Tony Evans Study Bible. Yeah, I'm trying to get used to that one a little bit more. Um, but um, I'm not going to go ahead and read the message, message and purpose because there really isn't a lot of chapters or anything like that. So we'll know what the message and passage uh, purpose is when we um, just jump on into it. So, starting in verse 1, um, in the greeting, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who are called, loved by God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once for all. For some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come to by, come by stealth. They are ungodly, turning the grace of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ, our only master and Lord. Um, so, I see what he's talking, is talking about in the introduction about, you know, looks like he's kind of talking to everybody, um, you know, that, um, you know, he's just greeting, like, everyone that's um, called love by God the Father. So then he's like, but <laughs> there's this person who is coming stealthily, ungodly, and um, turning things completely incorrectly. Um, you know, and just, uh, this has been a common theme for a lot of the ones writing, um, that they consider themselves a servant of Jesus Christ. And I mean, we're talking like a slave basically. Um, and he's recognizing, you know, he wants to do nothing but talk about the salvation that is shared. Um, you know, but that there's a bigger issue going on. Um, it says in here in the verse, let's see, regarding verse four, I'm trying to get a little bit about the situation a little bit more if possible, but the New Testament emphasizes that grace teaches us to live at a higher moral standard than those of the world. Yet tragically, these false teachers turn grace into something that was never meant to be an excuse for sin. Um, you know, do what you feel like you're doing, you know, you want to do. Um, we're already, you know, we're 
we're good. We, you know, we can't stand. I mean, there's a lot of ways that this becomes incorrect and it's not a free pass. It's not a get out of jail free card, do what you want kind of situation. <clears throat> so, um, well, we'll just read on. So verse five, now I want to remind you, although I came to know all these things once and for all, that Jesus saved a people out of Egypt and later destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not keep their own position, but abandoned their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains and deep darkness for the judgment on the great day. Likewise, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns committed sexual immorality and perversions and serve as an example by undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. In the same way, these people rely on their dreams, defile their flesh, reject authority, and slander glorious ones. Yet when Michael the archangel was disputing those of the devil in an argument about Moses' body, he did not dare utter a slanderous condemnation against him, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme anything they do not understand, and what they do not understand by dis- instinct, they ra- they irrational, oh sorry, like irrational animals, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, they have plunged into Balaam's error for profit, and they have perished in Korah's rebellion. Well, there's a lot going on there. Um... There definitely is something probably real. It sounds like, you know, he's not out and out saying what's going on, but whatever it is, it's been hinted at several times. There's sensuality and sexuality and so forth mentioned several times. So there's definitely something that seems to have gone very askew. Um, it says that verse six is an insight into the um, angelic rebellion in which Lucifer led a coup. I can't say the whole thing. A coup d'etat. I don't know. <laughs> a coup. And was followed by angels who abandoned their proper dwelling. Um, you know, and then now are um, held in chains. Um, God's judgment on these cities is an example of eternal fire that will fall on those who legitimize evil. You know, who make it like, no, this is okay. Um, so that's a very strong warning. Um and then it says, I'm just reading the, cause there's, I just want to make sure we don't miss any underlying things. And, and again, you know, take, take your own heart on it and well, don't trust your heart on it. Try, seek God on it and listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you on that. I'll say it that way. Um, and because sometimes there's just like some deep stuff lying under there. Um, but we also don't overreach and so forth. Um, and just because the notes are here doesn't mean it's always the final say. So, um, you know, sometimes I have, <clears throat> I've said it before, I've sat, sought many opinions on certain things before, but okay. One other note on verse 11, interestingly, Jude compares the blaspheming false teachers to Cain who gave bloodless offering Balaam, who only ministered from or. Yeah, ministered for money, and Korah, who rejected the authority of God's word for rebelling against spiritual authority, all of them were judged. So, going against the the word, or going against like that God has the final say. Some of these things, basically, they is they're comparing it to Cain. Pretty big, pretty big jump there. It may feel, but um, you know, the hard part is that for us to grasp sometimes is sin is sin. Um, <clears throat> period. (laughs) Um, all right. So starting back in verse 12, these people are dangerous reefs at your love's feet, at your love feast. 
as they eat with you without reverence. They are shepherds who only look after themselves. They are waterless clouds carried along by winds. Trees in late autumn, fruitless, twice dead and uprooted, they are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shameful deeds, wandering stars for whom the blackness of darkness is reserved forever. It is about these that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesies, look, the Lord comes with tens of thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly concerning all the ungodly acts that have done that they have done in an ungodly way and concerning all the harsh things ungodly sinners have said against him these people are discontented grumblers living according to their desires their mouths utter arrogant words flattering people for their own advantage but you dear friends remember what was predicted by the apostles of our lord jesus christ they told you in the end there will be scoffers living according to their own godly desires these people create divisions and are worldly not having the spirit Okay, pause again there. That was the end of verse 19. Again, you can always follow along. Um, is you know, it's just think when it says it talks about dangerous reefs, you know, it's this is giving in a comparison, and I caught the same thing like you know, a coral reef. Um, well, nice for diving is not so great for ships, which is why, of course, they have lighthouses to guide you around these dangers. They're they're kind of hidden under the water, but they can tear a boat to shreds. Um, and run them aground and cause shipwrecks. That was generally the reason for shipwrecks. Um, uh, the waterless clouds, if you think about the, the white puffy clouds, again, seemingly harmless, um, but there's no real substance, so they just blow away. And I kind of like that image. I mean, if you've ever heard someone who's kind of full of hot air, um, uh, they, they sometimes may seem innocent, um, but, you know, God will kind of... There's nothing there to hold on to, so they're just, you know, nothing behind what they say. Um, and then fruitless trees produce nothing of spiritual value. They don't have any value. They're not producing anything that is um, beneficial or helpful. And so we just have to be aware of people that potentially are like that. And this is why we need to know the words so that we can weigh everything that is said against those things. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> So, um, it says something about, um, it refers to verse 14. It was about these, that Enoch and the seventh generation from Adam prophesies, look, the Lord comes with tens of thousands of his holy ones. And it says that, um, then the notes, Enoch walked with God in the midst of moral decay in the days of Noah and spoke of the coming judgment. Um, back on it that's in genesis 5 21 through 24 and it also says notice how many times jude uses the word ungodly to describe them they use their positions and their mouths to exploit others and satisfy their own lust thus believers have to be on guard scripture scripture warns us to test the spirits and discern what is legitimate what is not just like i was just saying if you're led by a blind teacher on spiritual matters you'll wind up falling in a ditch with them i mean that's that's the unfortunate truth is that um, we look to leaders in churches and service, but the reality is they're just people and they make mistakes, um, sometimes intentionally um, for incorrect gain, unfortunately. And I think that's sort of, you know, what we're hearing is happening here. Um, but the, um, but sometimes, you know, it's just innocent or they don't, 
know better because they really, <laughs> maybe they don't have quite the relationship with God that they need to have as well. So, um, the, and scoffers, and I always thought scoffers actually was more of someone who, um, you know, you don't know what you're talking about or, um, roll, you know, kind of roll their eyes, but this is actually more according to this, um, making a joke of the faith. I didn't even realize that actually, um, maybe you already did. Good for you <laughs> if you did, but, um, but it's truly almost like making a mockery. And I think we see some of those things, all, all of these pieces, um, today. And then, um, this is really profound in the notes that just these, um, well, this last 19, these people create divisions and are worldly not having the spirit. And then this reminds us here in the notes that division provides the devil with the opportunities he wants. And all Satan needs is a crack um, to slither through so he can amplify problems and hinder God's word. So kind of like leaving that door open just enough that he is able to slip in and do plenty of damage. Um, so that's just a checkpoint. And again, this is why we need to know the word so that we know when something is wrought right with God or not. All right, picking back up in verse 20. Don't worry, there's not a whole lot more to this. Um, and then we'll actually be finished with Jude, but um, as, um, but you dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver, save others by snatching them from the fire, have mercy on others, but with fear, hasting even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. And that is, um, you know, basically like a letter almost written in prayer, basically. And then speaking of prayer, it says, but dear friends, you know, back here in verse 20, as you build um, up yourself, that was, by the way, the end of <laughs> Jude, um, as you build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So it's telling us <clears throat> we're building ourselves up in faith in the Holy Spirit by praying in the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's how I'm taking it. Um, and then also then also by keeping yourselves in the love of God, um, it, the love of God is there. Um, it's whether you get in the pool or, <laughs> or you stand on the outside of it. Um, the love of God is totally, it's just like walking upon this beautiful, fresh, um, clean pool of water and you can stay on the outside and you don't have to go in. But when you do, um, and you, and you just freely go in because it's always there for you, um, then you, you know, you can have the full experience. And in this case, we're talking about the full experience of love, the love of God, um, that we are expectingly, expectantly waiting, um, for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for the eternal life. We are, and we should be, I mean, I know that's hard because this is the world we know, and it's hard to think about, you know something beyond this and we're like no I don't want to leave this life because this is of course what you know and that's understandable I mean um sometimes the um the enslavement you know 
um, like the Israelites, what I was just reading about before this, um, that enslavement that you know that's familiar, even though it's enslavement, um, sometimes calls back to you because it's comfortable and familiar, um, just like it did to the Israelites when they were on their way to the promised land. Hard to think about um, that they would miss the slavery, but um, it was familiar and they were in an unfamiliar territory and there was an unknowns and we tend to cling to what we know. Um, but it's you know, encouraging us to expectantly um, wait for that eternal life, you know, and that's like, you know, like a kid ready to open up a birthday present kind of thing. Um, you know, and then it reminds us, and this is really important because I feel like, you know, we are supposed to be you know, kind of gently guide, gently guiding, you know, people who, who struggle. So it's having mercy on those who waver. So they're struggling with their faith. That doesn't mean to condemn them. That means to, you know, gently guide them, um, save others by snatching them from the fire. And this again, is not a violent thing, but you're, you're rescuing them and you see them about to fall into fire. You would reach out and grab them and save them. And I feel like that is the, the picture that it's trying to give us. Um, you know, basically encouraging us to have mercy on other, others, but, and there really is a but, with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. So that's like being merciful to the people, but not being um, like in love at all <laughs> with anything remotely to do with the sin. Kind of like that. This is like the almost exact scriptural thing of that. If you've ever heard people say, um, love the sinner and hate the sin or hate the sin and love the sinner. Um, this is basically that like you love the people and you're gentle and you try to help them and so forth. However, that doesn't mean you love the sin and just fully accept the sin. Um, because we should, we should know that that is wrong and that that's, you know, like here is what this says. Some struggles, um, struggle within their faith and need compassion. Others need to be aggressively snatched from the fire that is redirected from a behavior or relationship that will burn them. But as sure as clothing contaminated by leper skin could infect you, helping others overcome their sinful tendencies could drag you down with them. That's a great explanation right there. So it's just basically like, yes, while you want to help someone, don't let them take you with you, take them with you. So, um, and then, um, just, you know, back to, and then it's kind of like now to him, like back to God, <laughs> he's the one who's able to protect us for us from stumbling. He's the one that helps us stand in the presence of God's glory. He's the one who gives us the without blemish and with great joy. So both come with him. Like he covers our blemishes. Um, and not like with band-aids where you can see the band-aids. It's like complete healing. No, there, there's just nothing there anymore. And then with great joy, um, <clears throat> You know, I was listening to something and, well, it's been like, it keeps coming up of that joy comes from the Lord. And that's just a reminder. This is getting long. <laughs> joy is not a condition of our circumstances. Joy is something that goes beyond our circumstances. And it really, truly, true joy really comes only from God. <clears throat> and that's really what it says. Um, With great joy to the only God, our Savior. Well, that says to, uh, but anyhow, it only comes from God. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then just like wrapping this up, I think it's a nice way to wrap up a prayer, um, <clears throat> that, uh, glory, majesty, and authority be, um, for all time now and forever, all through basically Christ our Lord. 
and that pretty much wraps up Jude. And so what that means, um, sorry for this one, but you know, we're also hitting a whole book at one time. So, um, it, we be, we will be heading into revelation. As I said, there'll be a little break in that one because I don't want to walk into revelation like I have this one and that and I did it on purpose. I did want you to be able to just kind of see me how I kind of work through things. And I know like you can't hear what's, well, I try to let you hear what's in my head. <laughs> so I rattle it on and figure it out and read through the notes. And, you know, when I'm like looking for some better explanation, you know, it's hard for me to pull out multiple resources when I'm doing this, which is another reason why I don't want to do revelations on the fly. Like I have the rest of this. So revelations, I'm going to break out some, some stuff. Um, if you're interested at all, I know one of the ones I've got, um, a few things and just jotted down like BibleStudyTools.com. There's this first by verse guide that I was going to try to, that I had already pulled and saved into my Evernote. Um, and I'm sure I'll be in the BLB. I'm sure I'll be in the notes at the bottom. Um, and again, I don't want to overthink revelation necessarily either. I just know there's a lot of metaphorical, um, language and so forth. So, and it's a whole lot easier to talk about Genesis, which has already happened, <laughs> than talk about Revelations, Revelation, which has not. So, um, I hope you have a lovely weekend. Today is Friday, and I hope that you find some rest on your Sabbath. Have a glorious day, and I hope to see you next time.